The lesson for this morning comes from the 10th chapter of Mark's gospel, starting in the 46th verse. They came to Jericho as he and his disciples in a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly warned him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, he, get up, he's calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, my teacher, let me see again. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. When I was 43 years old, I decided it was about time to do something I'd waited my whole life to do. So I found a piano teacher, and I started taking piano lessons. Yes, I did. We started with C and went to D and then E and F and so on. And scales and arpeggios and chords, one, four, five. That's, that's really all you got to know in, in, in music is one, four, five. Got it. And I did everything you needed to do every Friday of my life for the next five and a half years nearly. At 11 o'clock, there was a piano lesson. My teacher was Abby Fletcher, and everybody in Lake Charles wanted Miss Abby to teach their kids piano. And she let me in. It was glorious. And I have taken the lessons, and I have played at church talent shows and survived. And I have played preludes at the beginning of church worship services and survived. I've actually in the middle of a sermon gone to the piano and played and survived. I love it. I really love it. Even though I can't count to four, I still love it. I've done the lessons. I can sight read. I've played publicly. But I am not a pianist. That differentiation is the essence of the story of Bartimaeus. The 10th chapter of Mark's gospel is all about defining what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And Jesus tells the folks, unless you come to me with childlike faith, you will never enter the kingdom of God. And we've established that childlike faith is loving and joyous, curious, and generous. And then the rich young ruler pops up to Jesus and says, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, 
What about those commandments? And he says, the rich young ruler says, I've kept all of those since my youth. And Jesus looked at him and loved him and says, well, you lack one thing. Go and sell all you have. Give the money to the poor. Come and follow me. And the rich young ruler who bebopped up to Jesus and said, I got this. I got this. Goes away sorrowful and grieving. For he was not really trusting in God. He was trusting in his stuff to save him. The third time Jesus will tell the disciples he's going to Jerusalem to die and be raised. And immediately following that, here come James and John, the sons of Zebedee. And they say, Lord, will you do for us whatever we ask you to do? And Jesus asked them a question, what is it you want me to do for you? Jesus asked Bartimaeus, what is it you want me to do for you? And you as a reader or hearer of the gospel are supposed to connect those two stories because of that phrase. And you would be correct in connecting them. They say, we want to sit one on your right and one on your left. And Jesus says, no, it's not for you to do. It's for those for whom it has been prepared. And then we arrive at the culmination of the 10th chapter with the story of Bartimaeus. And we find out that Jesus and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho. They've been there, don't know what they've done, but they are leaving. And Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, and I need to tell you that the word Bartimaeus, literally translated, is son of Timaeus. Who's that? That's the son of Timaeus. He's not even identified with a person with a real name. He is identified as the blind beggar. Mark is telling us that people just don't care about him. He, even though he's blind, nobody really sees him. They don't see him as a human being. They've, they've um, to quote our friend Boober, they've adopted the I-it relationship with him, not the I-thou relationship with him. Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, starts crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the Jericho Chamber of Commerce immediately shushes him. Shh, it's been a really good visit with Jesus and his disciples. Jesus and his disciples are really impressed with us. We want to leave a good impression of Jericho with Jesus and his disciples. Bartimaeus, shh, hush. And the more they shush him, the more he cries out, and the more he yells out, and they sternly ordered him to be quiet, he, he cries out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. Jesus was stopped in his tracks by Bartimaeus' pleas. Jesus sees this human being and hears this human being and called him here. Come here, Bartimaeus. The Jericho Chamber of Commerce says, Bubba, take heart. He's calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And then Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Can you answer that? What do you want me to do for you? You and I live in a rich young ruler. I got this. I 
got this culture. We don't need anybody's help. We don't need a doctor. We don't need counseling. We do not need financial planning. We don't need a contractor. I got this. And if I don't got this, Google has got this. And if Google hadn't got this, I can watch a YouTube video and figure out how to do this. I don't need any help. Especially if I'm a guy. I don't need any help. I got this. Here, hold my beer while I take care of it. The ladies are giggling because they know what happens when guys say, I got this. But that's our culture. Rugged, individualist. Yes, we are, both men and women. We are programmed by our culture, by our educational system, by almost everything that we don't need each other. I got this. Robert Putnam in his book, Bowling Alone, the collapse, I love this, the collapse and revival of American community talks about our rugged individualism and what we have done as a result. In the 1950s, There were bowling leagues with bowling outfits. And your bowling league night was either Tuesday night or Thursday night. And bowling league was just as important and just as a human connection as church league softball or church league basketball. Have any of you ever survived church league basketball? It is the most insidious, terrible thing ever invented. It's like hockey with a basketball. It's terrible what these Christians do to each other on a basketball court. Anyway, people would bowl in bowling leagues. Putnam's thesis is that the 1950s was an apex of bowling because you had all these bowling leagues in the United States. But now... In the second decade of the 21st century, just as many people are bowling as bowled in the 1950s, but there are almost zero bowling leagues. What's going on? Rugged individualism. We don't need a team to bowl. We can just go bowl by ourselves. In Arcadia, Louisiana... If you wanted to find out something about Arcadia back in the 80s and 90s, you go to Bub Madden's clothing store. Now, Bub Madden has the same last name as Luke Madden because Bub Madden and Dan Madden and Luke Madden are all the same Maddens. That's a grandfather, father, and a grandson. And Bub Madden's clothing store, I don't have proof of it, probably had a potbelly stove in the middle of it at one time. But when I was there, there was just sort of this ring of random chairs, rocking chairs and, and, and just chairs you go and sit. And what you do is you would enter the holy carpet and you would sit down in one of your chairs and you could find out anything you wanted to find out about Arcadia, Louisiana, just by sitting and listening And those men would share information. Some of it was actually true. 
Some of it came with commentary. Some of it came with speculation. But what happened in that community of men is that they held each other accountable for the news they were sharing. And they shared the news not as a form of gossip, but as a form of community and community building. And so I would listen at Bub's clothing store and then I'd go across the street to Jewel McGuire the dress shop they had the same setup but it was the ladies and they would be in there gathered and they would share information some of it was factual some of it was speculation some came with commentary some did not but they would hold each other as members of a community accountable for the information they shared And sometimes I would walk back across the street and tell them what I'd heard at Jewel McGuire's. And we would cross-pollinate the information. It was glorious. Today, how do you get information about anything going on in Lincoln Parish? Yes, you do. You get on that little phone and you go, (laughs) and Dr. Google pops it up for you. And if it's on Facebook, you can comment anonymously, of course. I'm not going to ask how many of you have fake Facebook accounts because you're good Methodist and Methodist wouldn't have a fake Facebook account. And you comment, but you are not held accountable for your comments. Why am I talking about this? Because... It all goes back to this, what do you want me to do for you? I got this, Jesus. I can handle whatever it is that that you might think I need. Don't bother yourself, Jesus. It's not a big enough problem. I'll take care of it. What do you want Jesus to do for you? And have you ever asked for help? Have you said, this is too big for me, I need your help? Can can you come alongside me and help me? Do you have someone who is your mentor? And you are their apprentice in the faith? That's really what I want to get us to where we're, we're mentoring each other in the faith, where we can see our faith lived out in the lives of another and in the lives of each other. Bartimaeus is specific, I want to see again, which tells us he was blind at one time. Jesus said, go, your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. And Bartimaeus is sitting by the roadside in the first, um, in the top part of the story. And the Greek word is hodon. And he follows Jesus on the way. The Greek word is hodo. It is the same word, just a different case. And what Mark is telling us very subtly is Bartimaeus was sort of a a bystander 
until Jesus touched him. And Bartimaeus became a follower. Bartimaeus became an apprentice. Bartimaeus.